Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me, a podcast for fans, experts, and newcomers. It's all about Tokusatsu. I'm James Dorrington. You can call me Kip, and I am your expert. And I'm James Baker. I'm your newcomer. And this week, we looked at Comrade Zero One, episodes 38 and 39. Hen. Right, we are back. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Common Ride with me. It is Nika and also James. And James, how are you this week? Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, you know. Just like a normal week and stuff. Or two weeks, I don't know. <laughs> We're around anymore. Are you still in the social distancing thing, or are you kind of out and about every now and then? Uh, I mean, like, I've been going to work the whole time, and, like, I'm seeing some people, but I'm not, like, uh, out there, like, desperate to see what Christopher Nolan's up to that I'm not going to like die for it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you probably won't be seeing any Christopher Nolan this year. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's fine. I just put it out in Fortnite, and like, that's all <laughs> I need, you know? Yeah. I saw somebody, I saw somebody troll and said it was going to be released in Fortnite, but I don't think that happened. That's his baby. That's his baby, man. You can't do that. Um, and if you guys are listening, you don't know. If you guys are listening, you don't know what the hell we're talking about. We're talking about Christopher Nolan's Tenet that uh, yeah. recently got uh, indefinitely delayed. So we're not even sure if it's going to come out this year or not. I mean, if it has to be like a big blockbuster thing, like there's some movies, like I'm sure like um, Trolls 2 and Scoob just work because like parents need something for their kids. But like, yeah, like I'm sure like there's not like a lot of people that are like at the end of their day just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to like, um, put like four ice cubes in like a scotch glass like watch like a thriller like i'm sure that's not really like where people's minds are at right now Nah, not right now man i know some people are all about buying the movies that are dropping but i'm cool and waiting man i don't care yeah i don't know um there's so much stuff like i've been trying to like look back at some stuff and be like oh i should probably like finish steven universe and like no i'm still just watching stargate you like you know i i thought it was just me like I went through a phase when I like caught up on like a lot of shows that just came out. I think I mentioned it the last time I was on the pod, some of the shows that I'm currently watching, but I just went back and I always say that Death Note is my favorite anime, but I've only watched it like one time and it was just like so amazing. So I finally went back and rewatched it and wow, I couldn't stop saying this is so good. Like every time I watch the episode, I'm like, this is so good. And I'm binge watching Death Note right now. And it's such an amazing anime, like everything about it, like Ya like Yagami, L. The suspense, this is the chess match between them is this fucking top tier anime all the time for sure. My favorite part of like rewatching something like that you love is when like for that brief second, like there's somebody that like comes in and like sees you watching it. Oh, you're like, oh, wait, like this is like just about to happen. Yeah. No, now, no, now, now's when he says it. Now's when he says like Kekai. And then like, just like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, I'm like a super anime nerd and my girlfriend. Uh, people think that we watch anime together, but we really don't. So <clears throat> before I like started my rewatch of Death Note, I'm like, let me put this in dub to see if she like says anything. And like, I put it on and I'm watching it and she's like into it. She's like, what is this? I'm like, so you do like anime. You just don't like reading the subtitles. <laughs> she's like, no, it's not the subtitles. I'm like, it's definitely the subtitles because you're, you're definitely locked in. But even like that first episode of Death Note is like, I think anybody would be intrigued by the plot of, what's going on when a notebook falls from the heavens and you just become a god like out of nowhere like that premise right there is just like what would you do with that power you know what i mean it's just so good and it's so much that i forgot that happened like i'm only a couple of episodes from finish it finishing it and i it's like half the plot i forgot even existed so it's so much fun watching again that's always been a show that, like i've meant to like look at in full but like about it's one that i've like skimmed and like watched maybe half of but yeah but yeah um also i i just beat a uh, last of us part two um overall really great game uh cinematically beautiful uh a lot of memorable moments um and the plot was 
definitely good. And there was some complaints that I do have, but it shouldn't have got bashed like it did. And uh, now I'm on to Ghost of Tsushima. So far, I think I completed one chapter so far, and this game is top tier for sure. So um, even though we don't have any films coming out this year that are like blockbusters or, you know, uh, Oscar winning, we do have some top tier games that are out. Guys should definitely check out. Yeah, I'm so I'm like split on Ghost of Tsushima. Like one, you heard my um, thoughts on Last of Us 2 before, but like a for ghosts, like I think, like it's weird because, like, I just finished playing Jedi Fallen Order, which is like the biggest game I'd played for a while. Like, I've like have mostly been playing like smaller games for a while, so like to play like a big game like Star Wars, like a lot of fun. But um, there's part of me that's like, don't say like this like samurai games like has like so authentic, but also like samurai kind of never really existed like we think of it. So it's like a weird balance to like say oh like here's like this really authentic game about something that never happened with like a, a group of people that never really were there in this way but, but also like i like swords mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's hard you know so you don't even like samurai films so do you like samurai films i mean it depends um one of my favorite movies is like a samurai film and that's like um twilight samurai and that's like a very cool like look at what it meant to be like a very like impoverished like samurai in the time but like um i like like a lot of like kurosawa too but like i think like there's definitely like saying hey (laughs) there wasn't just a class of people who were like super into honor like they were just kind of like cops and like tax collectors kind of Mm -hmm. like in real life and like it's not the best to like super romanticize them all the time in like ways that like don't make sense and like I like the fantasy of samurai, but also like I'm just like want to make sure like it's acknowledged as like fantasy by more people. I think because like uh, otherwise that just like leads into like weird like the way that some people can fetishize like certain parts of Japanese culture. You know? Yeah, I get it. Um, never really looked into it that deep. I just enjoy like, for instance, I like knights in shining armor, like you know, like medieval type storytelling. I like love shit about like Dungeons and Dragons, but I know that shit didn't really exist, but I still enjoy it. And I don't really try to let it affect me, you know, digesting it, even though I know it's fabricated. Like I kind of don't really dive into it that deep, but that that makes sense if you have that kind of point of view of why you don't like, you know, that kind of stuff. It depends. Like um, on one hand, like I don't like when like there's like a certain like narrative being pushed forward by like who we like, who we like, idealized and like on the other hand like i like swords so it's hard um i'd like recommend like twilight samurai as like a it's not like a documentary but it's like also like a very like mundane look at samurai too where it's just like what happens if like you're just like a poor dude who also has to like keep up like all these like appearances yeah i never heard of it it's very good i've played some um some smaller games like i've played one game called um signs of sojourner which is uh a a lot different (laughs) it's very weird um it's like a card game but like a matching card game about like language Mm -hmm. so like you start the game like and you're having conversations with people using your cards that feature circles and triangles so then as you go in the world um you meet people that like have squares or stars and like different shapes so what happens is like um you reach a point where like in order to like explore the world you're like giving up your ability to like communicate with people so like for example like on like a recent like run like i was back in my hometown and like was trying to like talk to my brother but because i'd i'd like given up my squares and triangles i could no longer communicate with him that's a really cool like small game like that that's like just takes like a very cool like small concept and like makes it like a full narrative in a really cool way where did you find it um i think i got it from the itch.io bundle for racial justice and inequality that was like the one that had like two thousand games in it for like ten dollars okay yeah it made like eight or nine million dollars and people kept adding their games to it and then like it was like half like small one page like tabletop games and like half like full video games that like shouldn't have been less than zero cents basically <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but yeah and uh yeah and um one last thing is um 100 gex and the tree of clues is the new album from 100 gex it slaps uh it's also weird as shit though <laughs> so if you like uh expanding your horizons i'd say give it a listen uh but also like it's weird and abrasive and like not meant to like be listenable in like the way that like a lot of like certain kinds of like albums might be so that's like a if you want to hear something on the cutting edge and like weird like i try like out like that album would you be able to put it in a genre or is it kind of like genre uh, i mean like so it's like their cover album and their compilation album where like they're crossing over with people so it's like there's one song where they have like um caro caro bonito and there's one song where they have like fallout boy and it's like weird i'm sure there's like a genre name but like i'm like blanking on it honestly but like they just like half their songs aren't listenable to most people and half of them slap it's kind of hard to explain <laughs> okay i'll check it out i did see that on uh on twitter somebody was talking about it but i never heard of them so this is the second time so i guess it was meant to be yeah the first album thousand gex is like where they have like their songs like stupid horse and money machine ringtone it's good have they been out for a while uh they're like a fairly they've been a band for like two or three years at this point i think yeah okay yeah they're like um the band that like the bands you like like (laughs) if that makes sense but no um so i had a weird idea and i wanted your input and i wanted to see um would you like to look at um a different part of the toku fandom because i have two like two different videos one for a song i know you like and one for a song i know you hate (laughs) okay so you're asking me for which order or (laughs) which one which video so one is the uh they are both crowd reactions to a live performance of toku songs one for a song you like one for one for a song that i know you hate i want to do the one i like (laughs) i don't want to risk it for the one i hate I will give you one more hint. One of them is the zero one opening, and one of them is the roof soldier ending. <laughs> Which one do you think I hate? The roof soldier ending. Oh, okay, it's the one yeah. where they're dancing and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, the zero one opening for sure. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, you think I hate the opening? This might be a like reaction, or it might just be like our thoughts after. So we'll see what makes sense. For this, we're looking at two videos that are in the notes for the podcast. The uh, full. Realized live performance for Governor Zero One and the first minute of the Death Note opening. You can also skip ahead to the 18 minute mark on three. One, two, three. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Yo. Oh my god. So this is before COVID, for one thing. This is crazy. I mean, I hate to sound naive, but I didn't even know, like, this would draw this kind of crowd. It's like thousands of people here. And there's also thousands of people singing along to the Roo Soldier ending. Really? Oh my yeah. god. That remind me of this meme I saw. It was like when you're humming along to the anime entrance <laughs> opening, yeah. you don't know the words. <laughs> I kind of want that jacket though. Yeah, that's fire. And the pants. I wear the whole thing. Yeah. This is great. So at a at a venue like this, would they just do the opening and leave, or would they do like other show songs throughout the show? Uh, yeah, so this was uh, for um, the um, Common Rider X Super Sentai Live Show 2020. So they did like... Um, so 33 bands did 33 songs. Wow. Yeah. So just come on and leave. <laughs> Kinda. For some of them, they had like some cast there, but... Yeah, that's a lot. This is a banger, bro. This is even better live. They even got like, like it's just yeah, fighting going on in the background. 
Awesome. Because I realized, like, you hadn't seen, like, a live cast or, like, a live performance or, like, what people react to. Or the fact that, like, it's, like, a real band situation in Japan as opposed to, like, Power Rangers or whatever. I wonder if they do this with, like, anime song. I did see the real folk blues live one time, but it wasn't that, like, uh, like anything like this, though. It's more like intimate, like a few people there. But this is like thousands of people in the stand. Oh, there's another verse. Well, actually, um, if you want to add to this, I did just find the Death Note opening live performed in the same kind of venue. Sign me up. Go ahead and link me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Hey. I love that suit actor that's just rocking out with him. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and um, they're the same amount of hype for the. Uh... I don't want you can't you can't don't yeah you can't talk me into watching that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, for part two, let's look at that Death Note opening really quick, or like the first minute of it, maybe. Okay. Yeah, first minute is fine. All right. I'm going to let you know when it's on zero. Yep. All right. Uh, one, two, three. Oh! Damn. They're like goth the fuck out. <laughs> They're doing the Death Note opening. <laughs> they look like Kiss without like auto face paint. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like sync these up and put in links so people can follow along. Rocking out. I hate yeah. like in anime, like sometimes when they change like the opening song to something else at the end. And they did that yeah. with, with Death Note and hundreds of other anime. Like whenever like it cuts like a whole different like, I guess like season two ish vibe during the season one. And they did it with Death Note. And I don't hate this second song, but this song is so much better than that one. No, yeah, it's like they kind of lost me uh, for like Naruto when they stopped doing that Fighting Dreamer song. Yeah. It's crazy how like an opening can affect like your experience watching the anime. <laughs> yeah, it really can. Um, I'm gonna stop Death Note now. If you want to stop it too. Yeah. But, stop. Uh, yeah. Um, there's like um, this for like a lot of stuff, and there's um, maybe next time we can look at Common Rider Girls, which is the idol group just for Common Rider, where they like come out dressed as Common Riders and stuff. But oh, that sounds fun. But yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. So. What's your kind of reaction to the reception that um, the live performance of the Kamen Rider like, Zero One opening gets? For the to crowd? be honest, I'm still shocked that it was that many people there. Um, like I said, I may sound naive when I say this, but I didn't expect that kind of turnout. And I know you said like it may be like other bands there as well, but for me to be new to like Toku, like full on like geeking out like you know doing podcasts like this about it like it just opened my eyes to how big of a fan base this draws out so that's awesome it, I wouldn't say it gave me chills but it kind of like was eye opening to like damn it's like a lot of people watching the same show that we're watching right now which which made me kind of happy uh, yeah because it's like the kind of thing where it's like kids but then people that grew up with it and then like it's like oh it's just like they'll watch like My Hero Academia and then, like, Common Rider, like, on the weekend. And then, like, mm -hmm. it's also, like, a lot of the shows now are, like, also 
we got like some hot dudes for the moms, you know? <laughs> There's like a big like crossover there where it's like a moment. But yeah, like that's also like the people that want to see like the song from 20 years ago from the show they like, like that'll also play. But like, it's like still like that big like turnout for like just like two Toku shows basically that like play in the morning, you know? Yeah, it looked like a like a BTS army turnout at one of their shows. That's what it looked like. Yeah. My favorite Toku music moment though has to be when NSYNC went to Japan and they like performed like Bye 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 with Ultraman. No way. <laughs> what? Okay. We could say that for the next pot. We've we've been ODing on videos. Or we could save it for a bonus content. Yeah. Something. Um but that sounds amazing. What I I love Bye Bye Bye, man. That's like my theme song. All right, so next time <laughs> I will show you Comrade Girls like either in concert or like a video, and then um, at some later point, like I will show you NSYNC and Ultraman working together. Yeah, don't forget, write that down. I got to see that. But um, speaking of being in sync, today we get to see <laughs> a collaboration we never thought we'd see between Comrade Zero One and Thouser. Dog on it. <laughs> That's all I got. Like that was all I had in the tank this week. I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay. Would the real Thouser please stand up? <laughs> arf, arf. Uh, but no. Uh, we're here because we looked at Comrade Zero One once again, and we are treasured forward because we looked at uh, Comrade Zero One episode thirty-eight. I'm one thousand percent your friend. And Comrade Zero One episode 39, this conclusion, unpredictable. So yeah, um, just like a overall thought on um this week of, of Comrade Zero One, James. Uh these were like two really, really good episodes back to back. Um they're definitely, you know, emptying in clips with these episodes. Every episode so far since we came back from the break has been bangers. Um with these two, uh a lot of a lot of action. A uh, lot of backstory going on, things that we didn't know before, a uh, lot of things to look forward to, and plot twists. A lot of things happen. What'd you think of the two episodes? Yeah, there's a lot that they're like coming back to and like trying to like paint in that like they might have like not had for us yet. Um, it's been a lot of fun. But, like, there's part of me too that's like kind of waiting for the swerve with some of these things that are happening, but that might just be me where I'm like, okay, and when's like, When's the double cross going to happen, you know? <laughs> but Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, I don't know. I do have uh, that feeling, too. Um, but I thought it already happened. I guess we'll get there whenever that, whenever we start picking apart these episodes. Yeah. But, um, so, episode 38 starts with Guy erasing evidence because uh, the vice president and his posse are trying to oust him. And I guess they just, like, do it without having a copy of the evidence somewhere. <laughs> which, good job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then um, we see kind of like they call up for Arto and for Izu to show up, and like yeah, um, interesting how they kind of like do finally pin down guy to start this episode, you know? Yeah, like uh, me personally, I don't know about you, but I think we had our agreements on this at some points in this show uh, about the director and the vice president, how we weren't really fans of the <laughs> the vice president, but. Over these last few episodes, he's turned around, and I'm I'm liking how he's like, no, you're not about to, you know, ruin this company. And before you ruin it, I'd rather have Aruto back, even though I don't agree with him either. I'd rather have. No, I think around the movie you started liking him, right? Mm-hmm. The movie, and then since the break, I just like seeing um that there's just like this um there's part of me that's like it's a little naive to think like that like Zaya will oust guy he makes up too much money like even if like he has like war crimes on his hands. Mm-hmm. But then part of it's just like, yeah, it's also like, it's just like a very nice vision of like what a company is. That like, there are people that will stay when it's like taken over that like care about its mission and like it's like intent. It's like, and it's reputation, you know? And yeah, um, one cool thing is that we get a uh, close up fight scene like in the lab area, which I love in Toku whenever there's like a close up fight scene where it's just like in close quarters, not just like a forest or like a bridge or something. Like, it's the way they have to like, film to make that work is always cool 
Yeah, I wrote that down in my notes as well. I was like, oh, they're actually going to fight in HQ. I thought that was a really good idea for uh, a fight set piece. And it was funny how Izu threw the, the vice president up out of harm's yeah. way. I thought that was pretty funny too. We'll get to this more in like part two, but um, I love when a fight ends with the belt being attacked. That's always <laughs> cool. <laughs> we see some more of um, Metsubo Jinra. Jin tries to betray, or not even betray, just like to kill the Ark. It doesn't really work. Mm-mm. And um, the only thing that the Ark is um, is currently like afraid of is the satellite like Zaya that he can't predict, which is like, that's cool in like a story, but like, what is like, what would AI fear? It's like, oh, like I fear other AI and that kind of stuff. And we see kind of like um, the players at Metsubo Jinra kind of like dealing with the fact that they just like have this super powerful like force that can make them do anything there. And like, there's a lot of them like that are with it, but also like in like Naki eyes, like you can see in their eyes like some level of like like they didn't tell the arc that Jin had a knife you know yeah they're, they're like Naki saw it happening the whole time and didn't say anything which was kind of surprising to me because I thought yeah. they were all against the arc in some kind of way but once that happened I'm like okay Naki is pretty much like nowhere we're going to beat the arc unless they have something planned for the long run and they don't want to show their cards yet but um, I did like how Jin kind of you know, try to attack the arc. I do like how Jen is still like, you know, pretty much awakening. And even when the arc leaves his body, he can still remember like, okay, this is my mission. This is yeah. what I'm trying to accomplish. Instead of being his memories wiped. You know what I mean? Cause Jin is still special. Like he's that special model of like only having like a certain small band on his ear and like seeming human, like human gear. So like that's going to come into play. And like, it has even like slightly where like, the arc seems to be like using Jin because it's the only way to keep him like in control is like directly like possessing him too. Yeah, he's in Jin's body most of the time because Jin is the only one that could pretty much I wouldn't say resist him, but like once he leaves his body, he can pretty much free to roam. He doesn't really know how to hack back into Jin's uh system. Except for later and some doubt with Naki, like the rest of Metsubajindra isn't really like resisting the arc in any way. Yeah, Hirobi's like, take my yeah. body. <laughs> and then uh, Raiden's like, whatever, until like episode two. I mean, not episode two, 39, sorry. And the next thing we get is actually um, the Fua and Yua train is going off. We all need to get aboard. Uh, yeah. It's official. It's official, man. It's fine. Uh, honestly, <laughs> there's I'll, been way worse. I put the Fu and Yaiba's love plot is leveling up for sure. Like it's definitely happening. No stopping that train at all. Yeah. Um, the first romance subplot I can think of that I ever saw with Kamen Rider did have to do with like a character explicitly saying she's the only woman who could be my mother, <laughs> so no one else could have her. So this is an upgrade. Oh my god. That's, Yua, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yua <laughs> has her own plot. It's happening in the episode later. Um, and her own personhood. I I am feeling all right. Did she need to have more fights and more upgrades? Yes. Did she need to like hang out with some more non-dude characters? Yes. But also, eh, she's been a pretty well-realized character the whole time through, so I'm fine. Yeah, she... She was the forgotten one in this one, but it it it, it panned out pretty well. She was she kind of got an upgrade, but it wasn't an upgrade. So I guess she did get a different suit at some point, but whatever. In one of the post season V cinemas, she'll get like an upgrade form too. It'll, it'll be like, oh, it's a absolute cheetah or something. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I'm not sure when it is. But later on. I think in this episode, she gets approached by some of the um, hard soldiers. Oh, yeah. The, the same two that I was kept getting beat yeah. up. <laughs> that at one point, I think, did kill two of the ones that were with her and tried to kill her. I don't know. I did like how they brought those two guys back. I'm like, can they get names? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're um, Horseshoe Crab 1, Horseshoe Crab 2, or whatever. Uh, it's always no. funny when, like, I was going to say stormtroopers for some strange reason, but I was going to say, I'll just say soldiers. Whenever like they lose like a general and they don't really know what to do with their lives anymore, so they just go to the next person. They're like, we don't even know how to live anymore, so can you like 
give us some guidance because we get, we don't want to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you're free. They're like, no, we want to work for you. I like that though, because like she has basically been like running things and like um Yeah, I it didn't makes s- sense like they would yeah. I didn't I didn't dislike it. It's just funny to me, like whenever that happens in like movies or shows, whenever like the the grunts don't really know what to do with themselves anymore. So they just find the next person to lean on. The fact that it happened at the same time as like the clarity of the romance, like not that the romance hasn't been clear. Like I've just been like fighting it for a little while, be like, no, just let them have a good relationship without like romance. But yeah, um, <coughs> she's a well done character. Not the best, but like I feel like confident saying that I've liked her and understood her consistently, and she's like acted in ways. But um, yeah, um, we get more conversations about like what a company is. It's not like profit. It's about like helping the world and like its employees. Um, guy gets an extremely late backstory with an extremely good mustache. <laughs> Uh, they could have did that for his little one-off episode. They could have added that in there. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm like, where was that then? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's a really good point because we still have two more episodes of that. Yeah, which is just going to be his schemes during the show of him like shooting people in cold blood and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> so is that not happening anymore? Or? I was confused why nobody mentioned that Hidden Intelligence used to have a dog named Thouser or whatever. Yo, that was wild. That was wild. And it was like the old I forget who who made those dogs in real life. What 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 company was that that made the little robot dogs like that? It was probably Sony cuz yeah. I remember reading that the new dog he gets is is like a current Sony dog that's like a marketing oh, deal. They still make those? Um they made a new one and like that's what they're using for the show. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, that kind of took me back when I saw that. And um I saw a lot of people in the comments laughing at uh guy's father when he's like do better do a thousand percent better do a thousand percent and i saw something interesting someone commented and said like that was put in a show to show how um asian parents could be hard on their children like never really accepting you know mediocrity and kind of pushing them to strive to be better so i guess that was also put put in the show to like show how that's not the best way to parent someone it's shitty at a like hundred or like a ninety nine not being proud, like or like most grades really, but like just um to be like you got a ninety nine because you're like fuck it off and you're not like working <laughs> <Yeah>. hard anymore. <laughs> He's like eleven. Yeah, that was that was like my parents weren't that hard on me, but I, I have heard stories of parents being like that, and I'm just glad I didn't have to deal with that. I did like though how like um guy got rid of his dog not like his dad like yeah came in his room and destroyed it yeah he uh, put it in a box like eh. <laughs> uh, must give up childish things because i definitely know that like there was points in my life growing up where i was like well i gotta get rid of this toy now and yeah. it and like it was like i specifically remember um oh uh, this is the, the worst but i had like a relative who like convinced me that i had ruined my green ranger toy when i was young because i'd lost like the little plastic like flute that came with it so Mm -hmm. like then like they badgered me so much like that i just like threw the whole toy away and then like i just like was up for weeks no like oh that was my favorite toy (laughs) you're like hurt (laughs) yeah i was hurt yeah and Uh, i was like now looking at it it's just like one flute that just missing you still have the whole figurine yeah and then like last year like in my stocking for christmas like my girlfriend like found the one and i was like oh cool i'm gonna put this on a shelf oh that's cool Which, like yeah is it the uh the ranger that like flips heads yep <laughs> exactly <laughs> those are awesome yeah those are the best but no um i we get one point um we see arto tell an actual joke without realizing it and everyone's laughing yeah. at guy he's like what like, yeah <laughs> I love Shesta. Whenever she's in the background in like her l- red outfit laughing, it's just like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's really good to me. But like, it's also cool because like, it seems like Aruto didn't mean to tell a joke there. And he's like, no, this is cruel, everyone. This is mean to Guy. Yeah. That's the best way to tell a joke when you're not trying. Then Jin just shoots some people. Yeah. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. I was like, whoa. 
they didn't show any like bodies fall, but I'm like, that was that was intense. That was like over the top. Just walks in and start just blasting people. Yeah, they like <laughs> do show like bullets going into people. <laughs> I'm like, okay, nobody fell to the ground. I guess they're just blanks or something. But that was wild though. It's while Raiden's having flashbacks and stuff, and I like how the arc is like, I'm going to use like your signature weapon just to be an asshole. Because mm-hmm. like the arc didn't have to do that. Like the arc could just be like, here's my special like wave of knockout juice no i'm gonna use a gun uh <laughs> and then arthur goes and he uses his bike which is cool that's nice yeah it was it was good to see him back on a bike and i did see that i guess the reason why they don't have um as many bikes in the shows now is because i guess japan changed the vehicle laws outside yeah. of circuits or something like that i did see in the comment section oh yeah like i um was talking about like and like an early episode like an article about it but basically um it's because of like they want to get rid of street racing. So basically modified vehicles can't be on track. So because like a lot of the common rider bikes are like modified bike, they okay. can't be driven on streets, only on closed tracks. That's weird that they wouldn't be able to get like a permit or something for the show. Yeah, it does feel weird that they just be like, Hey, we're common rider, like yeah. here's our weird Viking bike or whatever they have that year. I don't know. Yeah, we're only filming for a couple of hours. Can that's weird. And guy is like all right um i'm good now i'm gonna cry because the satellite zaya 3d prints him and like he's also talking to i chan the whole time and like she's talking to him and like and like um then zaya prints a new dog for him and it's just like it works but it kind of doesn't like the whole time i was like this has to be like a swear like he's gonna like destroy this dog or like kidnap yeah. i chan or something yeah i was waiting for the the plot twist but then I was kind of falling for it, but then I, I think Fuwa was like, I'm not falling for this act. And I kind of like sat up like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like, yeah. can't trust this guy at all. But uh, I mean, you called it. This team up was pretty much inevitable. But uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I wouldn't say I found myself rooting for guy, but kind of getting to know his upbringing and kind of like how his father is the villain, at, the villain after all <laughs> kind of helped. <laughs> I mean, so like, in a previous series, there was a character like Guy, who basically like um halfway through the show he was taken out, but then he came back like ten episodes later because like his dad was a new villain and like he just kind of became like a meme character and like he turned from like this villain that wanted to like kill tons of people to like a funny side character and like that's what a lot of people thought like was going to happen with Guy and it kind of hasn't had the chance to do that. But he seems to be making a genuine face turn here. But um, yeah. Uh, and um, we see like another one-on-one fight between the arc and Aruto. And man, the arc is just brutal. Like just like point blank, just like using the shotgun on him, just like beating the shit out of him. Um, and he just um is barely saved by guy and the dog that can move like Izu, I guess. And I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, whenever Guy showed up, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that was a great episode. I forgot to mention, were you surprised that uh, Aruto didn't want to return back to Hidden Intelligence and he kind of like wanted to do his own thing? I mean, I kind of assumed that he would end up doing both in the end, but I was surprised by it. Yeah, a lot of stuff he's been doing seems like it's been using the existing technology and personalities and stuff. So like, I was surprised by that because he would want the greater resources. But like starting with iChan and kind of like implied in the next episode. I guess he's actually a creator and making his own stuff, which was never something I thought was in his wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. To go into the next episode, a uh, guy loves hidden intelligence um, and calls Arto the president. Yeah. Like, was this the one he was doing like his apology tour? Or was that the last episode? That was the last one, right? That's in this one, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just seeing guy going around apologizing to everybody was just, just so weird. <laughs> and then who was it i forget who said it was like he like bowed but it wasn't like at a 90 degree angle or something that was izu that was like you have yeah. to bow more he like you need to bow a little bit lower than that but i did like how he bowed to arudo and arudo didn't take his apology lightly he was like you yeah. taught the arc that all the evils of humanity like i can't forgive you for that like i'm sorry like you, you could like work alongside us but i did like that because you can't just forgive somebody for you know, just saving your life for a brief moment. But I did, I did like that. I think I've mentioned it before, but like, um, it's like when, um, 
Microsoft or Google made that chat bot and people like immediately made it racist. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you, you did do the thing you did intentionally. Like, <laughs> you did like mess up an intelligence. Uh, mm-hmm. The dog, Thouser, um, when they do their team up pitching, is hyped as shit and loves Yo. Zero One. Loves the Zero One song too. Man, I love this dog. I wish he showed up a little sooner. I'm I'm loving this new addition. And it was kind of cheesy at first, but I like I said, I just got hyped when I saw him. Like he's like cheering. He's like super fast. I'm like, this is like kind of like reminds me of the dog. Um, forget Mega's man, Mega Man's dog. Oh yeah, um, Rush. Yeah, Rush. It kind of reminded me of Rush a little bit. The arcs like. I didn't know that Thousand Zero One would team up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was not in my calculations. It seems like the Human Gears and the Ames Riders that have the chips in their head just can't fight the arc at all. So it's cool that like the two people who can are. And they um, have like, a pretty good fight. Some data gets stolen. Uh, when like when Guy tried to jack into the arc and steal its like, data, I was like, oh, is this it? Like This is the swerve. Like He's trying to get like mm-hmm. new powers and shit. But no, like, he just steals some data, but Ark steals some of his, and it's he's still fine. Um, so one thing I did want to note was um, rider kick struggles, especially when there's like more than one rider kick, are basically like in Dragon Ball and they have like their like beam struggles. Like it's like a major like when the Ark does like oh like here's my energy ball and they're like kicking through it in the air and like mm-hmm. kicking more midair. Yeah, that was cool. that's what it's all about. Okay, so that's like the equivalent to like a, a energy blast struggle in DBZ. Yeah, basically. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and yeah, Guy makes that tour. Yua is pretty clear, hey, make Ames independent. And he does apologize to Ames. I'm not sure if he actually does make it independent this episode. I really can't remember, but... Yeah, I don't think he mentioned anything about, yeah, you, it could be independent. But it was it was brought up. Interesting, though, is that um, when Arto's like that only Zaya can plan outside of what the arc can predict and him and um, like Izu go into the matrix to talk <laughs> to the satellite. Um, they like are like, Oh yeah, we didn't think that the arc would get like Comrade powers. That was kind of it. We don't have anything like zero one can't get any stronger. What do you think about that? Um, I thought like he was about to get an upgrade in an era, but the arc was like, I mean, Zaya was like, I can't help you. I was like, oh, like, I was trying to figure out, like, what was the next move, and I really didn't know what it was. Like, we made the comparisons to something like um, like Iron Man very early on, but it seems like maybe, like, they're going to go more explicit, because, like, you see Arto, like, with the blueprints and stuff being like, okay, like, I'm going to make this and this, and I'm going to make this new Kamen Rider that's going to be better than, like... Yeah, I think Izu said something like, I've never seen him like this before. <laughs> yeah, and, like, one thing there is I like that her looks of admiration are clearly non-romantic. You didn't, I, I caught, I caught butterflies when she looked at him, like when he was working. Oh, fuck. She's going to be his mom. <laughs> She's going to be his mom you and they're going to so? kiss. Oh, and, man. And then give birth to his grandpa. I don't know. Please don't. But yeah, it was definitely like, it was definitely googly eyes. Like It seemed like admiration because outside of the movie, I feel like they haven't played anything romantic between... Well, you can say the same thing about Fu and Yua. You see what happened with that. They've been romantic the whole time. We've just been... I never caught any romantic vibe between those two. The never. first thing he does is, like, disobey her orders and, like, shoot past her head like it's wanted. That's romantic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been on the internet. <laughs> I know things. Uh, But no, um... Yeah, um... He's trying to design like a new common rider entirely, which is cool. Um, and Raiden is back. He this also seemed like a massive swerve because he got singularity and remembered his brother and is now officially Raiden and not Ikazuchi, who we've been calling Raiden for reasons. <laughs> but like I just was like, okay, because I can't say Ikazuchi. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it's also just like Ikazuchi. It's, yeah our mouth can't make the words um for me i was like you're too trusting Arto because either you're being played or the ai that can predict everything that's going to happen 
and saw this happen and let this person go is playing you. So it just felt like a dumb move on Arda's part. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really fully trust Ikazushi slash Raiden when he came back. I thought it was all like a ploy uh, to like get him to go to Daybreak, which it was. Yeah. But it was really Raiden the whole time though, you know? So, I mean, it, it just didn't feel right like just going to Daybreak. Anytime you go to Daybreak, you're going into a fight. And, like, being with Human Gears is a liability, because apparently whenever you manage to, like, beat the arc, it can just, like, swap and, like, get, like, fully regenerated like, a new body if, like, there's one around. Oh, so true. Also, like, how come... My real issue with Comrade Zero One, actually, is, uh, how come as soon as we admit, yeah, we can't say Ikazuchi, we could say Ikazuchi? That's my <laughs> issue. <laughs> That's my main issue Yo, with Zero It came out, like, fluid. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I kept saying it. You're like, Ikazuchi slash. I'm like, oh, I guess I could say it this whole time. Wow. Yeah, damn, damn. Sorry, guys, it's too late now. <laughs> yeah, because now the character's rated. Yeah, now he's, I don't think he's gonna go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome but, to Common Ride with me. Yeah, welcome to Common Ride with me. Uh, <laughs> experts, newcomers, fans, we disappoint them all. Man, and then there's a pretty good fight between like um. Between zero one and the arc, um, and Arto gets wrecked. Yeah, he's been getting his ass kicked for the last two weeks. Well, not actually. He, he got some. He got some wins in there, but this one was one of the worst ones of the whole show so far. Like the closest he came to a win on his own was when Jin like was holding the arc back, and that was even like he got some offense in for a second. That wasn't even like a win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the arc is just like man. <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then I'm going to use zero one and the data like I got from Thouser and go up and beat the shit out of, of Zaya. And that's what the arc does. It, um, like it does the Krillin thing again. It summons like its own like thousand Jacker and like has like corrupted versions of all the powers. When I saw in the first episode of, um, like 38 that we watched, um, when, when Aruto hit the belt with his sword, I was like, Oh, this is almost as cool as that one time that like this one rider grabbed this other rider's belt and ripped it off. And the next episode they do it. He just grabs the belt and rips it off. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. Yeah. But yeah, um, I just don't understand like his upgrade. Like how do you upgrade a suit to fight someone that also not only is stronger than you, but also has that all these calculation in his head. Like, does that go for move fighting moves as well? Like I, I I'm curious to see how this turns out. Yeah. I don't know how, the upgrade would work um what it's going to be if it's just like is it just like something that's like emp based it's just like oh every one of my moves like disrupts your calculations like i'm not sure and also like we still don't know um both we haven't seen azu for a minute but when we saw her she had a white key that we haven't seen since but also was in the end of this episode when they do their like ending shot and like the key flips over so there's some other shit afoot, even if Arto does like make an upgrade that can like beat Comrade like Arc Zero. So it's interesting. I'm not sure. How many more apps do we have left? Um, this is episode 38 and 39. There are six more episodes left. Oh my god! So like another month of Rock Comrade, month and a half actually. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and um, what do you think of the end though? Where like we see the Arc infiltrate and take over? In like Zaya, uh, I honestly didn't see that coming. I was kind of thinking that there was going to be some kind of physical manifestation of satellite Zaya that comes down to help a Rudo fight. That's what I thought was going to happen, like but, Common Rider, like Izu or something. Yeah, like I don't know, like you know how the arc just came down and started. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. The satellite Zaya could take over Izu's body or something. You know what I mean? And turn into a rider. That'd be dope. But yeah, something like that. But after this happened, I'm not really sure which direction the writer is going to go. But I thought that would be cool to see like Satellite Zaya versus the Ark with Aruto's help. That'd be a last or a cool last fight. Maybe they'll do something again with the Human Gear keys. I'm not sure. Um, I kind of feel like if I was the Ark, I'd be like, oh, that cool sword you have that connects you to all the Human Gear's memories. I'm going to take that and like mess everything up for you. No. Um, what do we think is next? Or like is going to happen because like we did both see um now that there was a pretty spoilery stuff in the preview next time uh but also like is that it 
or do you think there's like more to come? Like, yeah, is there going to be like, like I never was like at the beginning of this pod, I never got into like watching the previews for the next episode, but I didn't really expect to see that. Like that's like super spoilery. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. I wish they would, didn't really reveal that much of the next episode. Cause that was, that'd have been a cool surprise, but I kind of like left the episode on a little bit too long and saw it, but I just wish they didn't show that. But as far as my next guest, I would like to see the physical manifestation of Satellite Isaiah come down and fight the Ark. Um, but uh, it would have to be like along the lines, like all the writers um, have to turn against the Ark. Like I guess I can still see a line of hope where Hirobi kind of like taps into that fatherly singularity and kind of like last minute something that the Ark didn't see happening and helping defeat him. Uh, maybe he's like about to destroy Jin. And then he's like, no, then he like taps out or something like that. I can see that happening because I, I feel like I feel like Hirobi is a trump card to beat the Ark. I think there's going to be something with um there's going to be something with um with Ichan just because she was created by was created like by Aruto so like maybe that's like a thing where like she's somehow the secret I think something's going to happen with um the fact that we don't know what Jin was created for and like he's going to be like you were created to live you have no purpose like kind of thing maybe is like why he's special or uh, I'm not sure but uh yeah um, there's a lot to come in not a lot of time. And there's what I really want to see at the end is just like a lot of big mixed fight scenes, forms being used, like people interacting, honestly. Like, that's Wait, like my so, so that means we only have two more episodes of this pod. Uh, three more. Three more. Oh yeah, three more. Okay. So the next one after that will be the penultimate pod. Oh man, I'm getting anxious. Yeah. And then there's Kamen Rider Saber, which we know nothing about at this point, actually. <laughs> Uh, honestly, around this time we might be getting some spoilers, and like maybe next episode we'll know what what Comrade Saber looks like. And around that same time should be the end of um the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series too. So after this is over, we're gonna get a zero one uh Saber movie. Uh, probably in December. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then there's also gonna be the zero one summer movie got postponed, but that's still gonna happen. Then, for example, they'll probably do like a couple like post series movies that'll be like, oh, here's like the story of Vulcan or like the story of like Hirobi. Like, I think like in the past five or six years, like the Copyright series have been averaging like three movies that are just like post series adventures for characters in them, too. So there's mm-hmm. more for Copyright Zero One. Uh, not sure when. <laughs> Like, there could be stuff going on for the next, like, two years, like, after it's over, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, not much left, but now we're getting towards the end, though. And um, where do people find you when you're not being an expert, a fan, and a newcomer to Common Rider? You can find me at PopcornNet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast at Common Rider with me, CommonRiderWithMe.com, and sending questions to podcast at commerce.com and i forgot at the beginning actually um but a shout out to spontaneous for your for your review on itunes thank you very much we'd love to have it and we are getting ever closer to our goal of a random bonus episode um i really want to look at the japanese double king of the hill like really bad like that's that just seems like so much fun but yeah um and um james what do you think? Um, what do you think was the lesson we learned from this episode of looking at like Comrade Zero One? I would, we got to come up with something for a guy's father. I feel like he's the ultimate villain behind this whole thing. So we got to do something like watch Comrade and yell at your kids and tell them they're not good enough. <laughs> I don't know something something about just being a horrible parent. I mean, Art says um, stop doing that thousand percent thing. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Watch Watch Kamen Rider and stop stop doing doing that thousand percent thing.